The following program contains views and opinions which are not necessarily those of KAAM, DJRD Broadcasting, or its sponsors. Hello, everybody! Today's experience, devotional diamonds of the day, also known as DDDs, where my daily devotions become some of our spiritual reflections. Sound effects placed throughout the show, which have nothing to do with life, except that they make life better. That's good right there. The review of the Goofy News, which proves Jesus is coming back sooner than you think, as we often say, hopefully before this introduction is over, life lessons for our faith that we could actually use probably won't, but we could if we decide to be doers of the word and not just hearers. Humor that will force you to think, why does this guy have a radio show? Here's the answer. I don't know. Also, Bible trivia for fake and yet somehow real cool prizes, your phone calls, and more. Or welcome to the David Spoon Experience, local, national, and heavenly talk. My name is David Spoon. I'll be your host for the next 5,400 seconds. I was just typing in for Chris, letting him know that was the wrong song. He's probably laughing right back there with me. Anyway, for the next 5,400 seconds, I am going to just try and encourage you to draw closer to the Lord, because that's what you need more than anything else. So get ready for one of the more bizarre experiences on live radio. Here is the key to the show. We don't know what we're doing. We have no idea what's going to happen. We just proved that on the introduction, and we don't care. But for I want to talk faith with you, so here we go. We're asking questions about living life as a Christian, going through that process where you know that the Lord loves you, that you spend time with the Lord, either in prayer or in Bible study, in fellowship, in whatever ways that you're connecting to the Lord, certainly through uh, communion with Him in some fashion, and then you go into the world or you face the world or you have to deal with real-life situations. We're trying to merge that so that everything we face, we do with Jesus. If you have a comment, a thought, an opinion, or a question, we encourage you to reach out to us. Now, because we're coming from the home studio, and it is coming through a phone, we're going to ask you to do get in touch with us on the show in one of two ways. One, you can text us at 214-210-8483. That's 214-210-8483. Just in case you missed it, 214-210-8483. Now that number, you text. If you call, I cannot answer. It's the number everybody texts in on. Also, you can reach us live by email, david at hemustincrease.org. That's david at hemustincrease.org. Think of King David, then take the king part off. Just have David there, david at hemustincrease.org. Those are the two of us. It can be for a prayer request. It can be for a praise report. It can be for trivia, which we'll bring on. It can be 
all, any and all of that stuff. In the meantime, what we want to do is direct you to our website. Now, there's a couple of reasons we want to do that. The website has videos, has audio clips. They're all meant to encourage you in the Lord. It has a couple of goofy things on there. I can't believe you would expect anything less. I'm going to give an update on the surgery in just a bit, but it's also a place to give, and we need people to stretch out and do the best they can for giving because this last month has been a wee bit lower than we would like to see it. So we encourage you to go to hemustincrease.org. Website, he must increase dot org, he must increase dot org. Email David at he must increase dot org. Facebook, he must increase ministry. YouTube, he must increase ministry. Okie dokie, artichokey. All right, so Chris has got it all figured out. <laughs> He's like, I'm a dummy. No, you're not a dummy. Well, you got stuck on this show, so maybe. I can't help you on that one. So I want to give updates on what took place. So we went to the doctor today, and I found out once I got to the doctor's office, listen to this, that everybody in the big office, there's probably, actually there's like five or six doctors, and there's probably like uh, 20 people that work underneath the doctors as assistants, uh, nurses and so on and so forth, and if it turns out that I have a, a, a nickname at the doctor's office, you want to know what the nickname is? Trouble. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's the nickname. Good, good job, Dave. Good job being a minister. Trouble. All right, so here's the bottom line, okay? The bottom line is I went in with my wife. She was, it was the best thing because Noelle gives a better explanation than I can about things about myself, and she explained it. The doctor looked over everything. We checked everything out. I do not need any additional surgery. I repeat, I do not need any additional surgery. Praise the Lord. That's awesome. I was able, uh, with the help of my wife and the help of the Holy Spirit and uh, the uh, encouragement of everybody on the show to stay a little more still this time, so I did not pull any threads out. Yay! And so I'm all good to go. And in fact, I will be back in the studio on Monday. I will be back live in the studio on Monday, so we'll be able to take your calls. So I just want everybody to be aware of that. Kind of be aware of what's going on. I am doing really good, they said this time. Uh, apparently, I did really bad last time. <laughs> but I'm doing really good this time. And uh, that's what counts because we don't live in the past. We don't sit there and look back and go, oh, if only. What we do is we look forward and we say, next time. And there's some of you that are living in the past, and you're going, if only, if only God would have done this, if only this would have happened, if only this would have happened. Stop doing that. That means that you're looking backwards with this deep sense of regret and failure. Nothing you can do about the past. That's why it's the past. The way you do it is you look at the same situation, and you say, next time, and you speak that because you're connecting with God, willing to uh, honor God, walk in faith, and do a better job. So let's make Make sure we're using next time instead of if only. Okay? Just a small little uh, encouragement for you. Let's go into the Psalms. That's what we're in. I'm going to do a little bit different kind of teaching in this psalm because we're in Psalm 10. Psalm 10 is a bit uh, of a unique psalm. It's actually connected to Psalm 9. Both the psalms together, there's a lot of evidence that shows that these should be connected together. One of the main reasons is Psalm 10 is one of the few psalms that doesn't have a title. 
It has a separation, but it doesn't have a title. So it looks like about halfway through Psalm 9 and halfway through Psalm 10 are a continual thought. That could be. If that's the way it is, fantastic. That's not how we're going to study it today. But let me tell you something. There's nothing wrong with somebody making some kind of conclusion with that. That's just fine. But let's look at the first verse, and I think everyone will immediately relate. Psalm chapter 10, verse 1. Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you pay no attention during times of trouble. So as the psalmist is writing, what is the psalmist saying? The same thing that sometimes you're afraid to say, or the same things that you actually have said, and that is, why, and why, and what's the deal? Why do you stand so far off? You're not the only person that's gone through the Christian walk, has gone through a relationship with God, looked up to heaven and goes, what? And then it's the next line's even worse than the first line, because the first line's like, you know, why are you so far away, right? And then it's like, why are you paying no attention during trouble time? It's trouble time. I need you here. I don't need you far away. Obviously, the Lord's not far away, but there is in this psalm writing an evidence of faithful believers knowing a sense of frustration, the irony is not that the frustration will be there always. The irony is that the frustration is temporary, and God always makes it right. We just have a different watch. We just have a different clock than God does. And so in us is this desire for God to not let anything more happen, put an end to it, take out the big heavenly hammer, and start smashing all the wicked people so we can be done. Don't don't sit there and say, oh, no, I never think that. Yes, you do. You're just like everybody else. You're waiting for that. And we're done, and we go, and we say, yay, and we have the feast, uh, the great uh, supper, and then we uh, celebrate with the Lamb for millions and millions and millions of years, and we don't have to worry about anything, and there's no more tears, there's no more crying. That is, in fact, the Christian hope, spending eternity with God, spending eternity with Jesus Christ, talking with all of us, one another saints, as we go through whatever it is that God has in mind for us, whatever that is, that'll be fantastic. Keep in mind, six days to create the world, 2,000 years to create the next generation of what we're going to do with God. That's kind of a cool thought. But the reality is oftentimes Christian feels, a Christian feels the immediate frustration of God wanting a sense of desire. I'm going to tell you that this is also echoed in Revelation where they say, how long, Lord? How long will you halt before you kind of beat them up and give them the justice they deserve? Okay, that is not a new thought. That is a very old thought, but remember, the blood of Jesus speaks something different than the blood of Abel. Abel's blood spoke, revenge, vengeance, make it right, this dude killed me, this is wrong. Jesus' blood spoke, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing, they're dumb, help them out. That's two different cries from two different bloods. And this right here in the psalm, this is a little bit more able-like, where it's like, don't you pay any attention during these times of trouble? And the rest of the psalm, the, the reference to the wicked, there are, get this, seven references to the wicked throughout the rest of this psalm. 
That's a lot. And so the psalmist is crying out to God. There is an answer. We'll get back to that when we come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. This KAAM radio show with your very own David Spoon is not a business but a nonprofit ministry first and foremost committed to sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ and strategically equipping the saints. Our mission is to educate, encourage, and entertain Christian believers, the hurting, and those not yet believers who need biblical truths. To continue our radio ministry and message of truth, we need many of our faithful listeners to support us as well as ministry partners who might wish to sponsor the He Must Increase ministry. By giving, you wonderfully facilitate our priorities of assertively teaching the Word of God, and you get nothing in return. No quid pro quo. Nothing but a receipt at year-end indicating you gave to us since your donation is 100% tax-deductible. Remember that it says in Corinthians that whoever sows generously will also reap generously, or in Proverbs where it teaches that a generous person will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will be refreshed. But if you cannot give, no problem. Continue to enjoy and learn and give however you see fit whenever you can. To support us, go to hemustincrease.org. That's hemustincrease.org. Such support is terribly appreciated, knowing it enables our beloved David Spoon to give to all of us his time, energy, like so few can, right here on KAAM. What is the David Spoon experience? Now, he's crying. Now, I was still of the mindset that men don't cry, okay, just so you can know. And I'm getting mad because it's my story and he's crying. And I'm thinking, it's my story. Why are you crying? That's what I'm thinking in my mind. And he's crying. He's apparently a good crier. I don't know what a good crier is. I learned after my dad died, but I mean, somewhat. But this is real. You know, he's sobbing. And I'm like, and he looks up at me after he's cried for about a minute and a half. And his eyes are red. And he looks at me and he says, this is how the Lord hurts for you. And that was it. Bam. It was like somebody just took a hammer and broke my hard heart and my, you know, my pride attitude and my, my over arrogance and my, my everything looking at that guy showing me crying and tears and, all I could think of was Jesus wept. The David Spoon Experience, weekdays at 2 on God Country, Texas, 770 KAAM. David Spoon Experience. Thank you for joining us here at KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. That's KAAAMAN 770, the truth station here in Texas. We want to offer up our first trivia question. Keep in mind, I cannot make all the trivia questions easy. 
Is that a nice way to say that? I, I think it's kind of a nice way to say that. Can I make them all simplified? Because then it's not as much of a challenge. So we'll keep it along this lines to start with. The Apostle Paul wrote how many books slash letters in the New Testament? Go ahead and include Hebrews, the only one I'm going to give you. Normally, he's not included. I'm just going to include it in this one. Uh, the reason that I say that is because nobody actually knows who wrote uh, Hebrews. There's a lot of speculation that it's Apollos or speculation that it's Barnabas. It could be either of them. It could be several other people. But the reality, and some people actually think it is Paul, although the style is really different. But go ahead and tell me how many books, how many letters slash books in the New Testament were written by the Apostle Paul. Count them up, send it in. Count them up, send them in. If you know what that number is, if you don't, you can guess. And if uh, we are going to allow Hebrews to be included in this particular uh, question. Okay, that's number one. So how many letters, how many slash books did the Apostle Paul read? And so the way you really want to find that is you would really, if you have your Bible, if you're able to, and you have your Bible, there's a list of books in the beginning of your Bible, and you should pretty much be able to pick it up, uh, you know, right from Acts until uh, his last, you know, not, Acts is not his, but from beyond, Acts, from after Acts and beyond till you get to another one. All right, so we got that rolling. I do want to do our DNA. I'll give Chris a uh, chance to uh, reach out to us while we're doing it because it's fun to do it this way. We have our DNA. Now, there's many DNAs out there, Christian DNAs, and they're all great. There's nothing wrong with any of them. There's not, this one's better than this one. Whatever. As long as it works, that's what counts. Our DNA runs this way. D stands for draw closer to the Lord daily. Daily is our encouragement to say to you just what Chris did. He's got daily on there, and the thing that's important is that your Christian faith is not a add-on. It's not a convenience for. It's not, ooh, it's Sunday I'll watch football. Ooh, it's Sunday I'll go to church. Ooh, maybe I'll spend a little time with God. That'll make it all right in the end. No, it won't make it right. It'll actually make it as bad as it can be, maybe worse, because if you don't spend time with the Lord and He's not your priority, He's going to mention that to you, and you need to be aware of that. So we're not trying to legalize it for anybody. We're just saying, hey, this has got to be a daily walk with the Lord. That's what He requires, okay? Daily walking with the Lord. The N stands for never be ashamed of Jesus or his words. It's important to understand that there's great depth in the Bible, some things that people are still arguing about 2,000 years later as to how it all applies and how it all works. Just think of eschatology and all the arguments that people get in over that. Like, well, that's fantastic. If they could discuss it without hating one another, that'd be great. But the the real process here is to understand that it's all the Word of God. God created the universe. He can write a book. Let me just say that again for those of you that are missing the simplicity. God created the universe, the dude can write a book. Simple. You don't have to, oh, well, what about this philosophy? Okay, and I actually had this happen. Somebody came into my studio once uh, in San Diego and five times in a row said, what about this? And every time I just said, God created the universe, he can write a book. And then he left going, well, I can't really argue with that. (laughs) You really can't. All right, so that's the N. I'm not bragging. I'm just telling you it's a good, good, truthful tactic to use. D, N, and then the A. Always be ready to serve. 
To serve means that you are aware of other people in their lives, that as important as your life is, you think of other people too. It's not that you never think of yourself or you would never eat. It's that you think of other people as often, if not more often, than you think of yourself so that you're not the center of the universe. It should be God and then anybody God puts in your path or in your universe and the people around you. In fact, I read somewhere about being blessed if you're last or if you're the servant of all, but I'll have to double check it. Again, I just want people to know what this first trivia question is. I didn't say it'd be easy. I told you that. How many books slash letters did the Apostle Paul write? And you can be off by one if you're in regards to Hebrews. We'll let that fly. Okay, got all that done? Got all that done? I just had a big flicker on my screen, so I'm hoping that we don't have lightning and then the whole thing blows up in front of me. Let's go back to Psalm 10. Psalm 10 starts off and it says, Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you pay no attention during times of trouble? The next, uh, the next 15 verses... The author of Psalm 10 talks about how the wicked get away with so much. And every one of us, every person that can hear my voice, you know that sometimes godless people, boy, it just seems like everything good happens for them. It seems like they can almost curse God or make fun of God or make fun of Christianity and the ground doesn't open up and swallow them whole. It makes you feel like, gosh, they they don't experience the same kind of calamity. They don't go through the same kind of trials. And the whole thing just seems unfair because those people, they're not honoring God. And most of them are kind of jerky people. And that makes it even harder. Well, the response from the Lord is simple. Your timing and my timing are often not his timing. The Lord is a God of justice, and every person that defies or denies the name of Jesus will get what's coming to them as God sees fit when God sees fit. So by the time you go through verses 2 through 16, the person who's writing the psalm says, the wicked do this, and they get away with this, and then they do this, and then they drive down to the end of the psalm, and they say this in verse 17, Lord, you have heard the requests of the oppressed. You make them feel secure because you listen to their prayers. There is a faith. There is a peace in your faith just knowing God has heard you. God knows. God wants you to be safe inside, even though the world outside is kind of turmoiled and falling apart and doesn't seem like anybody can count to three without breaking down. Nobody seems to be able to add a checkbook. Nobody can count the difference between or tell the difference between good and bad, which of course was out in Isaiah. The bottom line is that the Lord reassures his kids. He knows what people are doing. He knows that you're sensing that turmoil around you, and he has heard your prayer. And one of the great things in Scripture is when God hears you, he answers. He doesn't answer your way, because then it's not really a prayer. It's a directive. 
If you tell God how to do something, or if you say, God, do this, and do this this way, and this is the way it's got to be, and blah, 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 you're not praying to God. You're telling God what to do. You're giving him a directive. That's not okay. You're not allowed to do that. You're not allowed to give God a directive. You can offer your prayer, and you can receive the safety or the security he gives you by telling you, I've heard you. I know I'm going to take care of it. And then your faith moves to a better place of trust and confidence that God knows how to handle the wicked the best. He knows what they're saying on the media. He knows what they're saying on the Internet. He knows what they're saying about Christians. He knows what they're saying, he knows what they're saying about Jesus. And in the right time and in the right way, God will take care of it. But that is not our job. Do you remember what happened when Peter was walking with John, and then Jesus told Peter? He said to Peter, yeah, you're going to go a direction you don't want to go, signifying by which way he was going to die. And he was telling him his future looked a little tough. And then Peter looks at John, and then he goes, well, what about him? What about him? What about him? And what did Jesus say? What is that to you? You follow me. And many times in our lives, we think, well, God should do this, or God should do this. And God's response is the exact same that he gave to Peter. What is that to you? Your job is to follow me. You go in my direction. You walk my pathway. You do the step before you. Don't get caught up in those other things. And that's what the Lord wants of us. So even though it feels like God's far away, I will point this out, that's a feeling, it's not a fact that he's far away, or that you think, well, you should be right here in the middle of it. Of course he's in the middle of it. Remember, Jesus is in the middle of the lampstands in the book of Revelation. He's not on Pluto visiting and sunning for the week. He's in the middle. He knows what it's all about. And then people keep saying, oh, but the church is this, and the church is this. Well, the church is a lot of things, but you know what the church is? The church is God's possession first. So be careful what you say about the church and how you feel about it, because you are still talking about the apple of his eye. It includes you, but it includes those around you as well. So the encouragement in this is to, even though there's times where it feels that way and you lift up the prayer, be aware God has heard your prayer. He will bring the justice in the right time and the right way, because he's a God of justice. And get that sense of security, that feeling of, I'm doing okay because God hears me, he's with me, and he'll get me through the process. In that alone, we should find great, a great sense of peace and a great sense of grace. Okay? That makes sense? All right. All right, I got to answer the trivia question, which I told you was not easy, and it's not. The Apostle Paul wrote how many books slash letters? Remember, an epistle is a letter, not the wife of an apostle. He wrote how many? The answer is 14 if you include Hebrews, or 13 if you don't. So he wrote 13 or 14 if you include the book of Hebrews. That's how many Paul wrote in the New Testament. All right, we're going to take our break and then come back. You're listening to the David Spoon Experience right here on KAAM 770, the truth station here in Texas. Short break, top of the hour. We'll be back. Don't go anywhere. Just as I am, you reach down and see Who is David Spoon? I have no idea. People have asked me about the David Spoon Experience. They wanted to know what I thought of them. Like any person searching for answers, 
I have wondered about him. He was born and raised Jewish, and after intense drug use, became a Christian. He's married to his best friend, Noel, has three children, six grandchildren, plus two dogs named Levi and Bert. He has three separate ordinations from three different denominations and is a summa cum laude for his B.A. degree in ministry and leadership, as well as a master's degree of theological studies and is involved in a Ph.D. program. He has a weird sense of humor and talks a lot. If people are seeking wisdom and insight from the great teachers around the world, would they go to David? No, I don't think so. And those big ears really don't help him. But would they enjoy his perspective on life, culture, politics, food, sports, local and national news? I don't know. I guess people will have to listen to find out. What is the David Spoon experience? You get into the Word of God and something's going to happen that will blow your mind. Ready? The law of the Lord is perfect, Psalm 119.7 says, able to restore the soul. And I've been in I've been doing this for a long time, and in my 42 and a half years of devotions and in my diligent devotion time, I kind of separate that between the two. I cannot tell you, it must be thousands of times where my attitude has been, and then I've went into the Word of God, and I came out different. It wasn't anything that I did as much as God speaking into me what he knows about his creation. And so I'm asking you, I'm pleading with you, even if you've been a Christian for 50 years, for 60 years, nay, for 70 years, like the Apostle John was on the island of Patmos, be in the Word of God. It is alive. And it will give life and impart life to you through God's Spirit. People come and they read the Word of God, and they're like, well, I get nothing out of it. Well, they don't mix it with faith. And the Word of God, the promises of God not mixed with faith are useless. Because you have to be engaged with God and know he's going to speak. And people are like, well, that's a, that's a lot of requirement for me to get in there and read the Word of God. You want me actually to believe that God's going to speak to me? Yes, because he will and if you don't, you won't hear them. So when you open up that book, take 30 seconds, more than you ever have before, and say, just in this moment, just at this time, tune me in, Lord. Help me to hear what you have to say. Speak to me and let your word breathe life into me.